0: Well, we're back to regular format again at long last. Oh, we're all here together in the same room. Hi. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, We should still be more or less the same. Oh, we're doing a tasting and a topic? Fine, let's do this. We're going to be talking about the fruit beer style while working through a Prairie Artisan Ales tasting. So come in and have a drink, because we sure are.
1: Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. I'm
0: Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price.
1: Hello. Hi. Hey,
0: so uh, <laughs> as the intro said, we're all here together. Yes.
2: Together again. No? Okay. We're not doing music. <laughs> Close enough.
0: So there was an attempt at a very inebriated episode last weekend. You're a from... very inebriated episode. <laughs> I, I <It> was. was. <laughs> Uh, from Right after Tech Crafts Beer and Food Festival. But we were way too drunk to call that an episode. And we... in our shame and embarrassment, we are recording a full episode since we realized we would all be here together. Yes.
2: So yeah, the other we...
0: one, we'll make it out. Probably is just like uh... a 45-minute little special one-off that you can laugh at just how drunk we are.
2: I, I thought we set that on fire. <laughs>
1: Which no we and it wasn't even that we were so drunk we also got like just super exhausted by the end of it and we were just like anyway that's the show guys we're gonna go to bed (laughs) it's like well also
2: also that much greasy pizza does slow you down we inhaled a we had
1: to have that like we had to
2: (laughs) we inhaled that large pizza in like what 10 minutes
1: well we were all very surprised when it was gone
2: like (laughs) i don't know who it was when i was like it's all gone jesus it was probably me
1: (sighs) well before we move on to uh things (laughs) we uh we do have the one announcement it's the announcement we've been kind of uh regurgitating every every episode now until uh you know the end of june if uh you're gonna be at nerdtacular 2017 in salt lake city utah on june 29th be sure to hit us up on email or social media for meetup details um we will be there through that sunday actually
2: sunday sunday and in fact, sunday
0: you don't even have to be going to nertacular you could just be able to make it to salt lake that sunday and we are going to be taking salt lake by storm we will find any and everywhere to get a drink that sunday in salt lake city to, we will
2: have a to drink. have a drink <laughs> on sunday
0: yes yes we will have a drink all right and that's it
2: shows <laughs> over we, we got we got to doing it <laughs>
0: All right, so I guess uh, since we're doing a tasting, we might as well get the first one of those going. So I will. Yeah, it
3: looks like the first one up is the Prairie Noir, an imperial stout aged in an oak whiskey barrel. Prairie Noir. Done by uh, Prairie Els, of course, and distributed by Shelton Brothers.
1: Prairie
2: it. After Dark.
1: <laughs> and that one is... Do, 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 do.
2: Details. yeah oh good old do oh that one which one is that dog. again the noir noir
1: um so that one is an imperial stout. they're all imperial stouts actually but that one's at 11 percent abv um and the description says it's a so bourbon barrel aged imperial oatmeal stout um brewed with a huge amount of oats to give it a, a silky mouthfeel notes of coffee chocolate and toasted marshmallow can be found in the flavor and aroma of this beer and notes of whiskey and caramel are also packed in
3: Toasted marshmallow. I'm I don't fine think with I've, that. I've had heard that as a description before.
1: Yeah, I, I'm on board. <clears throat> All right. I was wanting s'mores earlier. This kind of works.
2: <laughs> uh, two was wanting more. Uh, oh, you mean the.
0: <laughs> E2? Smartass. Etu?
2: Et
1: oh, it smells like marshmallow oh.
2: a little bit. Etu, Et I get a definite,
0: like, uh, lactose, oh. fatty kind of hint in the nose of that. You know what? Whenever you're pouring this, it even had like a little
3: sheen on the top, sort of like an oil slick. Oh yeah, that's what it looks yeah. like
2: on the top of this. Like less of a head and more of like a, 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 na- well, a natural, but like a yeah. multicolored a na- greens and and red like the Exxon Valdez. It's like the Exxon Valdez up on my <laughs> yeah.
1: Wonderful smell. Oh
2: god, it's so good. Can we just can we just smell it the whole time? <laughs> yeah. And, and if this we... was
1: in a candle, we would make so much huh? money.
0: And as we've learned from uh, Modern Rogue, make lines. sure you open your mouth while you
2: are. Well, we've
1: seen that whiskey video like a thousand times now.
2: We did try to watch it the first time. We after, watched it here again. Yeah, yeah, I did. I watched it later when sober, and not trying to talk over it. <laughs>
3: yeah, this one's yeah. This one's probably potent enough to where it takes uh, a little bit of a an open mouth to get that yeah full blend of oxygen.
1: Oh, but there's oh god. Eh. That? No,
2: oh. I don't
0: want to taste it.
1: No. That is
2: really sweet.
0: It is sweet. It is
2: incredibly sweet. It's, well, I mean, hmm. it's, what, it's what we pay for with an oatmeal stout.
1: I think that's why I'm not, a, I, I'm leaning less toward oatmeal
2: it's, stouts.
3: That's weird. It's not an oatmeal stout, uh, it's just imperial. Oh, oh, no, yeah. it, it, no, it it's does a, say oatmeal. With on it. oatmeal? Yeah. 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 Okay.
2: I was going to say, because it's got some it of that. It is an
1: imperial stout with oats. Like it, So they're, uh, I don't know, the classification yeah. there.
3: Now, the oats should just bring, like, a silky mouthfeel. They shouldn't add that sweetness to it. This is just residual sugars.
1: Well, it, it did mention um, caramel, and, um, and then there's the toasted marshmallow, which is going to bring mm-hmm. that sugary kind of feel.
2: Yeah, that's what's giving you, I think, a lot of the, yeah. the sugar there, is that, that, that marshmallow, because that's it's a lot like just mm-hmm. licking a... Gosh, that's so
1: sweet. And it's not like a boozy sweet. sweet. It's just sweet for the sake of being sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting caramel at all.
0: I'm getting light caramel but it's still very pleasant and i am a big fan of this
2: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm a, i'm a for it uh, i don't know i
1: don't know how i feel
3: it's different mm. it's a sweetness that doesn't last very long it like comes up off the tongue and and goes into like a tanginess almost what
2: does it taste like yeah i could see that i don't find that unpleasant though
0: hmm. well, while we think about that let's dive into uh, a few news stories uh All right, uh, first story. Had to snag this one up. I'd heard other people mention it. Uh, German metalheads construct beer pipeline for Wacken. (laughs) Wacken Open Air Festival is constructing a 7-kilometer network of pipes (laughs) to quench its thirsty fans. Attendees will drink an average of 5.1 liters of beer each over the festival. They have some nice pictures (laughs) showing very hefty men moving pipe. Uh, Yeah. Attendees, uh, we can't we can't put pictures of that up on the website. <laughs> I mean, we can, but
3: uh, there's, there's the picture like halfway down through there though that is just a man wasting beer. I don't get. Oh yeah. yeah, just like, oh, pouring yeah. it like on his, on his, face. his mouth. Yeah. yeah,
1: like not in his mouth, on his mouth.
0: <laughs> Strange people there. Uh, attendees of the world's biggest metal music festival are expected to drink so much beer that organizers constructed a beer pipeline. The new Amazing. pipeline will carry about 400,000 liters or 105,000 gallons of beer through the grounds of Wacken Open Air Festival in northern Germany. Uh, the 75,000 metal fans who attend the event each year consume on average about five... They're just restating themselves. Uh, 5.1 liters of beer over the three-day festival, according to the statistics. Uh, this compares to 3.1 liters per person for Rock am Ring Festival. All right. Hmm. The pipeline is being built to stop the ground being torn up by beer trucks. I could see that because this is just literal this festival is held in cow pastures. I in mean, Northern they're Germany. still
2: tearing the ground up, but they're tearing substantially less of it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah also, they can, they can just reuse that same spot.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, just throw a little cleaner through your seven mile beer or seven kilometer beer. Right.
2: Hut. Like what? That's like what, yeah. one quarter of bleach. Yeah, you're good enough right there. Wow,
3: it's it happens in August, uh, early August. So I expect by mid-August we'll see the stories of uh, beer beer pipeline tapped into (laughs) and uh, so many thousands of liters siphoned off
1: illegally. Beer
2: beer pipeline used to smuggle heroin. (laughs) Beer consumption
1: in Germany—they've got like a chart, liters per capita. It's amazing for up to 2015. It's a lot. It's, it's, it it's, seems
2: to be on a downward trend, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Compared, 1980 for some reason was a hardcore year for beer, Germany beer.
2: Mm, um, nope, I got nothing. I was going to say like it's between the the Munich Olympics and uh, Berlin Wall coming down. So, <laughs>
1: um, I'm I'm looking at the bands too. I'm a little distracted. I'm like, really? That's, that's we a weird line. Always there.
0: wanted to go to Walken
1: because
2: I want to the... go, but I don't I want to go. Thinking you're saying Walken like Christopher Walken and I'm Walken. I know,
1: yeah, but.
0: Because it is a true metal festival, and people usually it's...
1: like bring flags of their country, but I don't want to bring an American flag.
2: <laughs> Someone think. has because there's probably a crowd there, ready to chant at a moment's notice. USA USA. Yeah. USA, 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 USA.
1: I would say the the biggest ones are like probably Germany and Sweden that are there, but yeah, no, this is this is cool though.
2: Uh yeah. Sweden. The, Sweden. <laughs> nope,
0: can't do it. Doesn't have the same ring. The <laughs> beer pipeline will run through a seven kilometer or four mile network of conduit pipeline buried eighty centimeters that's not very far beneath the ground. Uh the pipe networks allow the festival Oh yeah, okay, and that picture it shows it. Better. It's not one giant pipe, it's a oh. whole network of pipes. Mm. Uh the pipe network allows the festival site to be farmed normally throughout the rest of the year because like I was saying before, it's just farmland. So, And my other concern, there's one picture in the beginning where it just shows one massive line. I was like, so it's only one beer? But then they show them running several lines together. So you will have a choice. Uh, The new pipeline will have enough pressure to pour six beers in six seconds. Police said the fans of Aachen drink a lot, but are mostly overexcited and peaceful.
3: (laughs) So uh, one of the things that, being in August... Even if it is eighty centimeters under the ground, I still feel like this beer is going to get warm. Yeah. over seven kilometers. I mean, it's like, in northern Germany.
1: What are they doing for that? I mean, I'd like to know. If temperature? Have
0: like a, a chilling tube that goes in there as well. Yeah. Probably on the other end, like you see at a lot of festivals, you have the you know the tube running coiled yeah. up through mm. a cooler beer so for metal for fans. All right, uh, let's so what's run for metal. <laughs> Our next story, um, kind of kind of a big one. A uh, longtime New Belgium brewmaster to depart. After 21 years at the controls of New Belgium's brewing program, legendary brewmaster Peter... I could never say his name right. Bukart? Uh will depart the country's fourth-largest craft brewery for a much smaller project. Okay, New Belgium...
2: The, hold on, I'm trying to figure out who are the three above them. Sam Adams... Uh, Dogfish Head? Dog? No. Nope. no. No. No be sam uh, adams sierra nevada oh yeah and that's the problem is trying to find a one of the michigan ones?
0: possibly yingling is still so yingling's yingling. number one i believe
3: yeah
2: yeah oh
3: so sam yingling and sierra nevada it'd be yingling sam sierra nevada probably <laughs> yeah, huh. yeah.
1: none of the michigan ones
2: huh
3: no no founders is that. in like seven or eight somewhere in there i think
1: all right
2: they're more
3: regional you don't get them all the way across the nation as easily. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah,
1: Not that. from
2: Portland to Shining Portland. Yeah. <laughs> Neither is Yingling, though. But right, yeah,
3: Yingling. Well,
2: Let's they make it that's up a in volume. Thing in Tyrone, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: they're they're the beer that you you would drink the twelve pack of Bud, but you go with Yingling because you like the taste.
0: <laughs> New Belgium, which is headquartered in Fort Collins, Colorado, has a brewing facility in Asheville, North Carolina. Today, announced that Bucart. ...would leave the company for Purpose Brewing and Cellars, which was described in a press release as an inspiring farm brewery that would produce both coffee and beer. I'm in. Right? Uh, I'm in. New Belgium has not yet named a replacement. Uh, I said from the get-go that I wanted to stay as long as I can learn, Boucart said, via a press release. Now I want to learn new things. It'll be hard to leave this passion, but change is good for learning. Purpose Brewing is actually somewhat of a turnaround project. The company, also based in Fort Collins, was originally called 1933 Brewing. Last December, a pair of employees, uh, Zach Wilson and Laura Sickles, purchased 1933 Brewing and temporarily shut down to undergo a rebrand.
2: How much were they paying their employees if a couple of them bought the... Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, something tells me they, uh, they had weren't... some extra funding from elsewhere that's not mentioned. Maybe. Uh, at the time of sale, Wilson, who had served as 1933 Brewing's head brewer, and Sickles, who was the company's marketing coordinator, said they planned to significantly change the concept of the brewery. Uh, all of 1933 Brewing's employees were also terminated, <laughs> according. Oh. oh, my.
3: Ouch. <laughs> he, he did not like his co workers.
0: <laughs> not in the least. Uh, our intention is to create an entirely new experience for beer lovers, uh, Wilson said in a press release issued Tuesday. Bucart, who is often credited with helping to develop the American palate for sour beers mm. and was instrumental in creating New Belgium's wood and sour beer programs, will transition into his new venture over the course of 2017, New Belgium co-founder and executive chair Kim Jordan said. So yeah, after seeing what he created at New Belgium, like if you could just go there and see all the fooders, it's like that is just his baby.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's It's a little frightening. Yeah, like they've got recipes; they're not going to be changing their no, no, their their stable of stuff. But we're going to be getting different stuff from New Belgium in the. Yeah, it'll Newer-ish change the future.
0: I have a feeling they'll stay, have a commitment to Sours, but it will probably change new Sours moving forward because he was still coming up with two or three at least uh, of these new Sours every year. Yeah. But at least it seems like. It's not uh they're not parting on bad terms, uh creative people they're like not, new challenges uh she said in a release uh we wish him well
2: yeah they're they're not firing an entire company's worth of people,
0: <laughs> yeah, like what happened on the other side of this <laughs> That's just kind of a yeah, it's a little stinging, in addition to finding a replacement for Bukart, New Belgium is also in the process of searching for a new chief executive following departure of former c e o Christian Perch. Uh, last November. Yeah, we talked about oh, that, that before. Right. So New Belgium, thing. they haven't replaced her yet?
1: I guess Ooh. not.
0: Ooh, so they are just like hemorrhaging higher ups at New Belgium.
2: That's,
1: But I don't think anybody's... I mean, they're not going to be hurting for people to apply there. <laughs> I feel <Yeah>. like. No. <laughs> it's no it's just a, a, they're they're going to be do. good. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's just, I'm just thinking of like, what's, what does the future hold for them now? Like, you're losing two... Very important key figures. This is the second, you know, loss of a key figure to the company. Yeah. What are you going to do now? But uh, I don't have an answer for that. I'm not smart.
0: <laughs> purpose Brewing, meanwhile, said it would open this summer in the same location as the old 1933 brewing, which had been operational for less than three years before it was sold and shuttered. Uh, getting involved in Purpose Brewing and Sellers makes me really enthusiastic, Buchart said in a release. The the creative collaboration. Art of the brews that will be crafted will enhance the Fort Collins and Colorado beer mecca further. I mean, combining coffee and beer in the same place, it can only be good things. <laughs> I mean, and there is more. that's true. <laughs> there is more experimentation uh, right now with sours and coffee, so this is going to be interesting.
2: Not yeah. a good combo. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it would be no. a thing I want. I want my sours to be like fruity and nice. Well, and like, like getting getting closer to like, like sometimes almost tart, but you know not not coffee. Cling I don't the funky.
3: Yeah. But not not coffee
2: funk. I don't know. I'm also not a coffee drinker normally. <laughs> yeah. I like them in my stouts, but I just can't see it in my. If no I get a s- something
1: that's coffee-like that has a sour, I'm like, well, this has gone wrong. I, I'm it.
2: willing to be proven wrong, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting to try. You know, I'll try anything once. All right. Well,
0: let's move on to the last story for tonight, which we couldn't avoid them forever. I mean, we've kind of avoided some of the ABM Bev stories. No, we haven't. Kicking around there. No, <laughs> no we haven't. We tried you... in the least. <laughs> well, at least in audio, we have and. I feel like so, we don't ever push the video shows on here. I was thinking about that earlier. It's like you know,
1: <laughs> it's the other way around. We don't. We ever... never
0: mention it. <laughs> we so do a video you could, guys. It turns out you could be listening to this and not realize, hey, on the off weeks of recording this, we do a video show live. The devil,
2: you say? On I don't remember internets. these. I also drink a lot during this, so that might be why I'm having some memory problems.
0: But I think that's the only place we've talked. We did a whole show on there about the wicked weed buyout. Mm, yes. Uh, some of us are a little salty. Not some, to, some less.
3: Not to pull us into a exactly. <laughs> uh, a little bit of an aside here, but does it feel weird after like a month and a half of not doing an audio show? Just sitting down to do an audio show,
1: especially now that we—the first time we're getting 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 to record again—is all is in meat space. Yeah, that's it's normal. weird.
2: It's why I was joke. It's you know why the joke's in the intro like, oh, we're ready to get back to norm. Nope, <laughs>
0: not even
3: close.
2: Not even a bit.
0: Nope.
1: Recording another audio episode, but it's not the same. I don't. It's all wrong. <laughs> again, we're
2: just gonna completely forget how to do them.
1: Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. That's.
0: Good thing they're stupid easy to do. And
1: Nerdacular is coming up, but it's just gonna <clears throat> mess us up even more. Yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> it's the same.
0: All right, but yeah, uh, I like this article
3: because it kind of lays out a little bit of what their their financial plan is going to be over the next three or four years.
0: Yeah. So what this is, uh, ABM Bev will spend two billion dollars to Bill- break out billion 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 to break out beyond Bud, uh, the maker of Budweiser, facing more competition in America from craft brewers and cocktails, is spending billions to fight back. ABM Bev will devote $2 billion in U.S. capital spending to bolstering its flagship beer brands and improved distribution. Uh, The money will also help support the company's forays into near-beer, alcoholic sparkling water, and other products, like tea, that are far afield from its original mission.
2: Oh, look, guys. They've got tea for you. You have another thing from them you can shun. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, the investment, which extends through 2020, is a bet that Anheuser-Busch can push into new categories without neglecting its core business.
2: Okay, hold on. I'm going to spend it 365 days in a coming year, just constantly listening to the 2020 theme music, <laughs> like oh. that old news broadcast. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. So I just saw. It, it's like, well. There's a joke I'm not going to stop making. Look I'm up, going to apologize multiple years in advance.
0: <laughs> Striking that balance will be key to the company's future. Anheuser-Busch, Chief Executive Officer... Officer, yeah, Ossifer? We, Ossifer. Yeah. I swear to drunk, Ossifer. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, I just saw his name and my brain shut down, because we went over this on another
1: episode. Ciao?
3: Oh,
2: uh... Okay, the middle name is... Nevis, Kat- that-
1: the, Castro Nevis. I say, I just wow. call him Nevis.
2: How well, nope. That's Nevis. Nevis said in wow. an interview,
0: what we're That's trying right. to do is the and and not the or. Uh, the first $500 million that we spent this both, year... Those are on both
2: coordinating con- conjunctions. That does not make sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they want to do it all. They we,
2: want it all.
0: The $500 million we spent this year on what Nevis calls the company's three pillars... Elevating its biggest beer brands, building its presence in craft brews and imports, and pushing beyond regular beer into low-alcohol beverages and other drinks. I mean, they've already made huge pushes in those with the, uh, um, what, uh, Not Your Father's? Is
2: that yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's theirs. Which is pretty popular.
0: Yeah, I cannot
3: wait until we get our, uh, sub-5% alcohol Imperial Stouts, you know. Those are gonna be delicious. Jesus. The 3-2 Imperial Stouts, it's, it's just, <laughs> that's what's coming down the line. Please tell me that's a lie. <laughs> uh, no, it's a
0: prediction. Mm. Mark that one down.
1: It's a prediction that will <laughs> probably come true. All
0: Hazard right, Bush has already bought nine U.S. craft beer brands, which, uh, another aside, I avoided the article, there's apparently a massive push where everyone is posting all these brands about and trying to do a nationwide boycott of them to just have craft drinkers avoid them altogether. Uh, Anheuser-Busch has already bought the nine craft beer brands and is in the process of closing the deal for Asheville, North Carolina-based Wicked Weed, which Ooh. makes beers with names such as Angel of Darkness, Iron Lady, and Barrel-Aged French Toast. Yummy, which yummy. Which is what that brewery is to me. Toast. <laughs> just...
2: Oh, I, I thought you just... Our
0: views are already on an like another hour's worth of them. <laughs> like more than that, show. but uh Nevis sees the company's craft and smaller scale producers as key to keeping up with rapid shifts in customer preferences. They are very close to consumers and they help us stay ahead of the curve
2: are they Are they close to consumers
0: Do brands touch teens oh <laughs> The company's capital spending will help foster some of its smaller brands. Neva cited uh, a $15 million investment at a facility in Fairfield, California that will allow craft partners Elysian Brewery to produce its space dust beer there. So there
3: you go. That's your first key. we are hmm. spending $15 million in order to get Elysian Brewing into their big facility. They <laughs> had to probably put in some new... New types of equipment to allow them to put in that many hops. They're just not used to using that many hops. That's yeah, they had to put in,
2: they had to shave all the metal they need to make everything taste metallic For goose their Island. own. because
0: yeah.
1: oh, space dust doesn't taste like that at all. Like yeah. it's all the goose stuff for some reason. So go
3: ahead and and buy a bottle now. Like space dust is good. Yeah, and then in I don't know six months a year once these add-ons are completed, see what it tastes like then. That
1: makes make, me sad. That was a good beer too.
2: I want to make a beer that. Is a slam, title wise, is a slam about Goose Island, but you just cover it in like Top Gun references. (laughs) I don't know how to make it yet, but it's, It's I'm working on it. Call it
1: Mendoza.
0: (laughs) Expanding the portfolio is critical because beer volumes are declining, particularly in Anheuser-Busch's top categories. Uh, Beer shares of the U.S. alcohol market lost ground to liquor for a seventh straight year in 2016, falling a percentage point to 47%, according to the Distilled Spirits Council trade organization. Uh, Spirits rose to 36% from 35%. The shift has led Anheuser-Busch to look outside beer for growth. The brewer has acquired spiked seltzer and alcoholic sparkling water, and formed a partnership with Starbucks. To brew, oh, yeah. bottle, and sell, ready to drink T Vana teas. So, so your T Vana teas are A B M Bev.
1: I'm not getting that shit anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: it's odd that Starbucks would group
3: up with them on this because Starbucks has always been about Quality, the small, the quality, <laughs> yeah. or at least that's the image they've wanted to portray. Now, Starbucks, you can't necessarily call them small whenever they're no. the number one coffee brand in the world. Now, I'm pretty but, sure, but
1: they do pride themselves on the ingredients that they use, yeah. the, the where they get their coffee beans, how they like how things are farmed, like that kind of thing. Sure. So it does, and, and even their their food. They've got those little the lunch and, and breakfast and bistro mm-hmm. boxes and whatnot, and those are. They always go on about what kind of ingredients go into that. Yes. So that, yeah, it's a little strange that they're going to pair with someone who I don't even know if it's objective at this point. But you could say maybe quality isn't their first choice. You know, I wouldn't. And and not that, I mean, the quality as to their standards is there because they want to keep it the same across the the board. But it doesn't mean it's good. But it doesn't. Yeah, it does. It's not the same thing. Right.
3: Yeah, and well, Vana As far as Starbucks brands, Tivon is probably their my least favorite out of all their brands because they do mm. add like art not artificial but natural flavors. Basically, they add Kool Aid right. to the the teas to make them flavored in those fruit flavors. It's not just <laughs> real tea and and fruits that go in there. So, Tivana as a brand. I probably wouldn't go back and drink their bottled teas to begin with, but now that I know they're brewed by, yeah, Anheuser Busch,
1: uh, I've only happen. ever done the uh, the green tea latte with hap- happens to be the Tivana tea mm-hmm. at at Starbucks. At so, Starbucks itself, yeah. yeah. So I I'm, I'm okay with just not doing that anymore, honestly. All right.
0: Well, uh, also while. All right, we'll finish this up real quick. The investments will include two hundred million dollars this year to improve operations at the company's twelfth largest U.S. breweries, and one hundred and eighty million to enhance packaging and expand the production of aluminum bottles, which has been an industry spread. I want to say like a lot of brewers are moving to that. Yeah. And Heinz Bush will spend eighty-two million on its supply chain, including new distribution centers in Los Angeles and Columbus, Ohio. And $10 million to expand non-alcoholic production in Baldwinsville, New York. So that's what they are up to with their billions and billions of dollars.
2: Other than acquiring other large...
0: Well, let's let's bring the mood up a bit. And we have poured our next beer in the tasting portion of this.
2: Yeah, which one is this? This is the pecan. Pecan.
1: Mm. I thought this smells straight up like dessert.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah
1: this oh i'm fine with this aroma
3: so pecan not much here about it but it's an imperial stout um 11.5 abv it's basically aged on pecans and vanilla so there you are
0: yeah this was a new one out this year it's just a few months ago they actually ever mm. released this one
1: mm.
3: real light
0: pecan flavor pecan flavor
1: yeah yeah
3: I'm not getting so in the in the flavor with oh. with these nut beers. I usually get a little bit of a bitterness, a tannin kind of, you know, walnuts and and those types of nuts will usually give it to you. I'm not getting that in this beer. Yeah,
2: no, it's I, I'm, I'm betting a lot of that sweetness in there helps. Yeah, helps with that. And Ease it's that sweet, out. but it's not as sweet as the last one was. <laughs>
3: no, no, this is a nice, well-rounded. The beer.
1: vanilla calms it down.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah,
1: it definitely it. You'd think it would taste like like a pecan pie, but I'm not getting that at all. It smells like one. Yeah, no, it definitely smells like pie. But I it's so weird that it doesn't taste like it for me. I don't know why. All I mean, right. it's good. I like it. I like it better than the last one, that's for sure.
0: Let's uh mold that over and move into some of these untapped badges.
3: Get r- riggity riggity son! All
1: right, so the first one on the list is from Dogfish Head. It is for romantic Chemistry. i actually saw this one recently too i wanted to get this uh so summertime is quickly approaching and this ipa love fest from dogfish head is back just in time romantic chemistry is a serious fruit forward ipa brewed with an intermingling of mangoes apricots and ginger that is in dry hopped with three varieties of hops so it's fruity hoppy and tasty celebrating or celebrate the shacking up what? Shacking, shacking up of this IPA with mango and apricots.
3: They're living oh, well. in sand. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: you can unlock a brand new badge. Check into one Dogfish Head Romantic Chemistry between May 25th and June 25th. So you at least get a month there. Uh, and you get the Romantic Chemistry badge. Yes. Yeah, that one sounds really good. We I think that we saw that at Jungle Gyms. I really want to yeah, try I was,
2: that. Yeah, just, it, it like, just hearing about it, it, was like, no, I want to try this.
1: Yeah, that sounds delightful.
3: In other New Belgium news, uh, it is now the summer of Fat Tire Friday. So, Fat Tire Friday is um, what summer is all about, according to Stop. Fat Tire, at
2: least. Can I can I start using them to make mashed potatoes and check in with that? Yes, for sure. I think just it just counts.
1: counts. I mean, you're yeah. That's a bottle.
2: Of you're beer
3: consuming the
1: beer mm-hmm. somehow. Uh,
3: celebrate the end of a work week all summer long. Unless you work on the weekends too, then I'm sorry. with uh, New Belgium's delicious flagship brew, Fat Tire. Fat Tire blends a fine malt presence. Can you tell it was written by them?
2: (laughs) (laughs) By them, for them.
3: herbal hop balance and a touch of fruity yeast to offer drinkers everywhere a timeless craft beer experience with a rare blend of balance and complexity.
2: Don't don't get me wrong. I would like, if I have to have a six-pack of A beer in my fridge, especially during the summer... Fat Tire is a good solid one to... Sure.
3: Fresh Fat Tire is great. Mm-hmm. Old Fat Tire...
2: Not so great. No. <laughs>
3: uh, so you can join Fat Tire Fun every Friday. Join And the you can unlock up to four levels of the brand new badge. You can check into Fat Tire from New Belgium on Fridays between May 19th, so starting now through August 12th, and you'll unlock Fat Tire Friday badge. <laughs> Continue to celebrate on Friday all summer long to reach level four. And if some awesome badges weren't enough, they'll be choosing five people who unlock level four to win their very own fat tire bikes from New Belgium. So if you don't go there and become an employee, you can get a bike this way.
2: <laughs> True, possibly.
0: And I but bought a pack of fat tire yesterday just to start doing this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to pick up some uh, for the rest of the for the next few months. Although my beer is uh, my beer is still full of fridge. <laughs> Again, that's <laughs> <Exactly>. going to be. <laughs> need that on a shirt for me. My beer (laughs) is so full of fridge. Um,
1: When we start selling merchandise, that is going to be a thing.
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Next up on our untapped list is the Central Oregon Beer Week 2017.
0: Running with the whole theme of everyone but (laughs) Cincinnati gets a Beer Week badge. I
2: I didn't get a Beer Week badge.
1: That's true. Lexington didn't get one. You got one last year. Uh Oh.
2: Look, I was hoping you forgot about that. <laughs> never, never forget. Uh, so Central Oregon Beer Week is back. This ten-day celebration of all things beer gets underway today, May nineteenth. So not today, but um, and it truly highlights the fantastic craft beer community of Central Oregon and beyond. Uh, this year's festivities, this year's uh, uh, festivities feature a superb lineup of events, including. Daily beer pairings at Broken Top Bottle Shop. Special release at the Wild Ride Brewing. Immersion Brewing. Uh, including the uh, Immersion Brewing, including the official Central Oregon Beer Week IPA, brewed by the Bend Brewing Company. I don't know who any of these people are. Um, look for brewing events from 10 Barrel Brewing Deschutes Brewery. No, you all took it for granted. Uh... Sun River Brewing and Three Creeks Brewing. Uh, while you're celebrating, be sure to brace your uh, taste buds for a unique craft, uh, unique craft beers brewed especially for this year's Smash Single Malt Single Hop mm. Fest. Mm. That is a real. I love things like that, yes. uh, which takes place at McMinnon's Street uh, Francis School. Sorry, McMinnon's Saint Francis School. Uh you can get your tickets at Link. You can look at <laughs> Lynch. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh show your love for Central Oregon's craft beer by unlocking this year's special badge. Check into any beer at one a participating venue listed below. There's a long list below.
0: And if you read through it there are only four of those venues that aren't in Bend. Hmm. So you have to go to Bend, Oregon, to get it.
2: Uh Check in at any of the locations uh, May 19th through 28th. So you're not getting this one if you're listening to the show, guys. Oh, Um, jeez. Oh,
0: did not notice that. All right. Oops. Uh,
2: Oops. (laughs) Well, hope you got it. Hope uh, you had a good time boozey. in Oregon, kids. Be sure to add participating locations to your check-ins for it to count, and to do it in the past. Be
0: sure to get your time machines calibrated correctly. Set those phones back.
2: Get the get, get in your DeLorean. Get it up to eighty-eight miles per hour. Doesn't work. Don't worry. Where you're going, you won't need roads. Nice. <sighs> well, they do. But
0: <laughs> all right. Well. To go with this tasting, I do believe we have a completely unrelated topic. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, look, planning is not our strong suit. Mm. No. We're not that drunk. Drunk. drunk.
0: Not yet, we're not.
2: Give it time. All right, so we are talking about fruit beers today. Um... We were talking during the setup for this. There's not a whole lot you can really say about fruit beers, other than they exist and several <laughs> of them are delicious. They happen to be a thing. It turns out, <laughs> yeah. But we do have a little bit of history that we could try to talk to about. Uh, there is uh, there is chemical evidence from the 10th millennium BCE, which shows beer with grapes, uh, along with uh, beer with grapes, along with other various fruits and even honey. Uh, existed revered anthropologist patrick mcgovern called these mixed concoctions neolithic grog i'd drink some neolithic grog how about you chris yeah
0: i would and i've actually read a couple books from him
2: <laughs> yeah i fig- i figured that like, like oh oh it seems like i'm i'm lagging behind <laughs> let's see even though they're ancient it's not clear if there's ever been an era where fruit beers were the leading brew at least not in the last thousand years or so there are various reasons for this. First, fruit is perishable product, and so to a certain degree is beer. Making wine uh, once a year preser- uh, preserves the harvest, whereas beer needs to be brewed numerous times over the course of a year. So, fruit is not always accessible. Uh, fruit in growing ever-growing areas, whatever the fr- uh, fruit was handy at the time was added, creating a unique batch of beer each time with very different flavors. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead break. and
0: stop and point out the disaster of a pour Casey just handed me. <laughs> there is like a three inch head in this like two ounce pour. Two, it, there is more head than beer.
2: <laughs> three inch head is my uh, John Bobbitt <laughs> cover band.
1: <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh. Nice. I, God, it I always <laughs> suck at this too.
3: I thought it was going to go down a little bit, but uh got a little excited. That's, That's
2: the name of my said. Debbie Does Dallas cover band.
1: <laughs> Are you better when you're drunk? Is that where we're at? It's
2: <laughs> the name of my Toby Keith cover band.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is on a roll.
2: I don't even know if Toby Keith did that song. I'm just guessing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, Toby <laughs> Keith has better when you're drunk. It doesn't matter at all.
0: Let's turn that sucker on. Oh my oh. God, the smell of this. So what is this other beer we've just this had for?
3: Prairie Artisan Ale's birth. Day bomb
2: oh
0: this year's fresh one uh hit the shelves this week nice it, yeah you can taste that freshness for sure with the chilies in there
2: so that's what i'm that's what i'm that, smelling it's yeah. been a while since i've had a uh, birthday bomb and after the last couple of sweet ones i was like is my nose broke <laughs> right. did i have a toast did so, i have a stroke and i'm smelling <laughs> <it's> toast <laughs> did i have a toast a little, little toastiness there <laughs> we're,
1: we're, we haven't even had that much yet no. <laughs>
2: No, I'm just dumb.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So with the birthday bomb, you're looking at a 13% Imperial Stout coming in as uh, being conceived to celebrate three wonderful years of experimentation and fun-loving flavors like the current incarnation uh, with caramel sauce made in-house by our brewers with nothing but black gloves and a propane tank.
0: What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I don't
3: understand.
2: <laughs> he, he uses propane and propane accessories. Sounds like to... they're making
0: meth. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so the rest of the complex mix of hops and malt with an. Oh, okay. So they made the caramel sauce by hand. Okay. But not the beer. All oh, right. Uh, oh. Oh. The rest of the complex mix of m- hops and malt with a healthy dose of the signature coffee and spices. You know exactly what we're talking about. No, I don't. So let me read the back of the bottle, too. <laughs> it's an imperial style aged on coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and chili peppers. My
2: favorite.
1: This is my second favorite of the prairie stuff, like, period.
2: Yeah, we found... There was one other, I think, at the the... the
1: my favorite is the Christmas bomb. Yeah, that was oh, it. Hands yeah. down, like the Christmas bomb is what's up. The but the birthday bomb is a birthday is a bomb very is... next second. Yeah, I gotta say I like my, favorite, my
0: favorite, my favorite like is the, the Christmas. In it. My second favorite, which is one of my favorite beers. Period is the barrel age bomb. Oh, mm. I don't of course, remember. There's that also one. a bottle of hiding in the fridge. BTW, I
1: I feel like that one was boozy or something. It I, was, I,
0: but it was more caramel than this.
1: Oh, okay. This is See, I like that this isn't so sweet because there's a nice balance. The peppers balance the caramel mm-hmm. taste. Yeah. Like, it, it's a it's a perfect bl- balance of all the flavors in it. Because you can tell there's a lot of stuff in this.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like peppers in my beers. Like, Imperial Stouts Pepper is, is one of my favorite flavors. But
1: this is, like, subtle, too, because we had one um, with the clown shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, What was that one? Uh, Mexican. It was, like, a Mexican hot chocolate, essentially. But I can't remember that exact name. Um, not
2: not not the chocolate sombrero. Chocolate. Som- okay. I was say it wasn't chocovesa. No, no no.
1: Yeah, uh, this the chocolate sombrero had more of a pepper kick to mm-hmm. it, more spices involved. Whereas this is this is balanced out with the other sweet flavors. It's got the aroma. Yeah. Not the the, heat the aroma kick. definitely kicks you. Honestly, I thought this smelled like tobacco initially. <laughs>
2: tobacco. <The> <laughs> <That's> what it <laughs> be me to <doing>. it. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Another right. conversation from earlier. Yeah. Uh All right, back into history <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch Meanwhile, back in ancient times even, <laughs> yeah, Beer that we're not even drinking uh, Oh yeah uh, In the ancient Middle East uh, Dates were probably added alongside of grapes uh, It was believed that Northern people used cranberries In their meads and beers And sources extending back at least 400 years mention slow, a type of plum hmm. uh, Elderberries re-
3: I'm assuming that's also where we get Slow Low-gen. gin yeah. The fruit there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I always just assumed it was just gin that poured ridiculously <laughs> slow, like it was viscous. Um, let's see. Uh, slow uh, elderberries, raspberries, and plenty of others. We're still unsure how ancient cherry uh, lambic. How the ancient cherry lambic. I can never say this. Crick? Creek. 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 Should know how to say that, but that's not how I spell creek. Creek. Um, <laughs> Uh, Anyway, the ancient Cherry Lambic Creek is, but the raspberry version was produced as recently as the 1970s, and flavors like peach and black currant even more recently. That sounds delightful. Uh, It is likely the er earliest brewers used whole fruit, and then uh, when pressing technology arrived, only the juice. Uh, Man, that feels like that's an O.J. Simpson (laughs) book. The juice. Only the juice. (laughs) Uh,
0: It'll be his memoirs when he gets out of jail. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, it's okay, so it. I did it. Um <laughs> these methods are still the best ways of providing a f- uh, fruit flavor and aroma to your beer. If you know uh if you know a thing about wine, you probably know that the strain of the uh that the strain, season, weather, soil and orientation play a huge role in the uh, quality and flavor of the grapes, then have an effect on the wine. This is true of any fruit that you may want to add to your beer. Uh there is plenty of fruit on the market which looks beautiful but tastes uh uh, tastes a little better than plastic, uh, than the plastic (laughs) it's packaged in. (laughs) Fresh fruit available from supermarkets is generally not much used for beer, but is often good fruit to be had from from farmer's markets. Mm. Hmm. Uh,
3: I can see that. Well, if you go to the supermarket, they don't let it ripen on the tree. They ripen in process
0: or on the way to you. Right. So it doesn't develop full flavors. That said, (laughs) cutting in, that said, the flavor of frozen fruit is usually pretty good. I tend to go for uh, a lot of frozen fruits. Uh, it's, it is harvested ripe and then frozen near the fields, often using varieties that actually have some flavor. <laughs> if you're looking for something more tropical, whole or pureed, maybe the only available form. Surprisingly, freezing is actually beneficial to brewing. It lowers the microbial load as well as rupturing the cell walls, which is actually really important, meaning that the juices flow freely into the beer. In addition, many frozen purees have been pasteurized first. If you're planning on using frozen fruit, ensure that you warm it up to fermenting temperature before adding it as a sudden chill can irreparably damage the yeast and mm. halt fermentation. Yeah. All right.
1: That's
0: how you, you logger that
1: beer.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that beer. <laughs>
1: pretty much. Fruit lagers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Winemakers uh, concentrates exist in various different flavors other than grape And those provide an advantage in that they are pure slurry, meaning that they lack skins which can float to the top of the fermenter and form a safe haven for mold bacteria. Mm. These concentrates are not cheap and should be used for pretty special brews. For whole pureed or concentrated fruit, the optimum time to add is right at the end of the primary. This helps to maintain the aromas. One note of caution when using whole fruit... Make sure the pieces aren't large enough to block the neck of the fermenter. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that sounds could be... like good advice. <laughs> if this happens, even a tiny amount of pressure can burst the bar boy, which is I not think they meant to say carboy. Yeah, I,
3: think so. I was like
1: bar boy. Or whatever. <laughs> no, they have a boy
2: who works at their bar, and it bursts all over him.
1: That's <laughs> like Pete in Scotland who controls all of all of the... The, all the <laughs> flavors. of one guy named Pete. One guy.
0: He's an amazing man. <laughs> Uh, It's not very, which is not only very messy, but also dangerous. Plenty of headspace is a good idea. But if you do have a mostly full, yeah, there we go, carboy Carboy over the top with sanitized cling wrap and a rubber band rather than a stopper and airlock. One of the biggest reasons
3: you want to add at the end of fermentation is because all that aroma that you're smelling during fermentation, that's no longer in the beer. It's the same... It's the same way whenever you are, uh, you know, making like a chicken stock or something like that. You don't want it to boil. You want it to be, you know, slightly heated because the aromas that are making it into your kitchen air are no longer in the pot that you are uh, working with. So the same thing happens when you've got active fermentation going on. You want to keep most of that flavor inside the carboy or uh, barboy. By the way,
2: I'm going to make a, uh, I want to make a company that sells carboys and uh, call it Morton Joe's Carboys.
1: Yes! <laughs> nice (laughs) love it all right um also i just want to mention um so all of that stuff we got before yeah about the history and everything is from a a great Bruce smith article that pretty much had everything that we needed to know about fruit beers honestly so um and of course that'll be linked in the show notes um and then this next one where we actually get into the style of course is from the bjcp um which we have uh as a constant link on our great resources page on the website Um, so fruit beer is actually category number 20 um, in the BJCP so when you're talking about fruit beer the aroma that you're looking for is a distinct aromatics associated with the particular fruits should be noticeable in the aroma Um, note that some fruit like raspberries cherries uh, have stronger aromas and are more distinctive than others such as blueberries or strawberries Allow for a range of fruit character and intensity from subtle to aggressive. The fruit character should be pleasant and supportive, not artificial and inappropriately overpowering, uh, considering the character of the fruit. Nor should it have defects such as oxidation. As with all specialty beers, a proper fruit beer should be a harmonious balance of the featured fruit with the underlying beer style. Aroma hops, uh, yeast byproducts, and malt components of the underlying beer may not be as noticeable when fruits are present these components uh, especially hops may not be intentionally subdued to allow the fruit character to come through the, in the final presentation if the base beer is an ale then a non-specific fruitiness and or fermentation byproduct such as diacetyl may be present as appropriate for warmer fermentations if the base beer is a lager then overall, less fermentation byproducts would be appropriate. Some malt aroma may be desirable, especially in darker styles, and then hop aroma may be absent or balanced with the fruit, depending on the style. The fruit should add an extra complexity to the beer, but not be so prominent as to unbalance the resulting presentation. Some tartness may be present, if naturally occurring in the particular fruit, but it should not be inappropriately intense. Uh, the appearance of fruit beers uh, should be appropriate to the base beer being presented and will vary depending on the base beer. For lighter colored beers with fruit that exhibit distinctive colors, the color should be noticeable. Note that the fruit, uh, the color of the fruit is often lighter than the flesh of the fruit itself, um, in the beer itself. So may, it may take on a slightly different shade than the actual fruit. Uh, fruit beers may have some haze or be clear although haze is a gen- is generally undesirable for fruit beers and then uh, the head may take on some of the color of the fruit as well
0: i really like to see that in a fruit beer when you get the head really coming up with some of the colors what was it we had see, last right. night that came off it was the uh, uh blueberry lime tart mm. Mm. and it really like there was this nice blueberry hue to the head. Like, it was really And impressive. that was a gosa, so... Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going
2: to say, because I think of, like, uh, uh, Founders Rubeus. Oh, yeah. When I yeah. think about that, because it, it, it's, you know, kind of a that nice pink, and it's got that same kind of color head to it, especially if you like have the true. nitro.
1: That, that's a very distinctive color, too. Mm-hmm. That, like, really stands out when you think about it.
3: So uh, we went ahead and poured the last of our four beers here that we're tasting today. Um, this one is not just from Prairie Artisanales, but also a collaboration with Evil Twin Brewing um, with Jeppe, Jeppe, J-E-P-P-E, J-E-P-P-E uh, from Evil Twin. Uh, they've decided to brew a beer together that took the elements from their favorite stouts and come together in one beer. So what really, between these two beers, you've got the Birthday Bomb, and then you've also got this... this um, beer that they've kind of done as a collaboration called the Bible belt or Bible belt no the um and so they've got very similar ingredients in them it still has vanilla cacao nibs it's got um chilies and and uh, one more thing in there let me see here what what the last thing is
1: I um, like the description coffee
3: and so it's got very similar actually the same add ins and it's still an Imperial stout, but whenever you drink them, they're very different beers. So the last birthday bomb was more sweetness forward. I find this one is a little bit harsher. Not so much of the chili forward, but more of the coffee yeah. cacao forward. I was yeah, gonna say definitely. this is much
2: more much more coffee. You know, a little bit of cacao and it's it's you can taste a little bit of the chili, but it's like it's not as prevalent. It's near the uh near sort of like the end of the the you know the journey over the tongue.
1: <laughs> it's weird. It's um it's like equally sweet and not spicy but hot, I
2: guess. Mm-hmm. I like it.
1: No, I am actually a fan. Um I'm I for get it. <laughs> I think it's because of the balance again like the mm-hmm. other ones um the other I guess the first two were so sweet to me. Um but these the the Previous two, this one and the uh, the birthday bomb, had more of a balance to them, because it, it, they had so many. There's so many notes of everything in these, yeah. but um, but they balance it really well, as opposed to like just like here's some boozy sweetness <laughs> on this imperial stout. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> and
3: I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but still coming in at thirteen percent. So you oh, know, you can you can they, feel both of them have the same abv it's just a matter of the treatment and i think this one probably has a little bit more hot bitterness built into that Mm -hmm. um which balances out the sweetness
1: quite well yeah and on on the description it it mentions that it's supposed to be a blend uh, well elements of uh the prairie bomb and evil twins uh even more jesus Mm. i don't remember the even more jesus stuff Um, um i know we've had uh some of the some of the other ones we haven't had the even more jesus
0: but it's around i have just that's always led me to kind of not purchase it because it's
2: readily available all the Mm. time
3: i I haven't had it in bottle or can i think that one's in bottle feel
2: like it's most of those are bombers yeah but feels like it's one i've missed so i'm just kind of going. all right sure yeah i've had
1: i've we've had the um sweet baby jesus
2: no that's uh, a entirely different brewery that is a different brewery yeah you're right um whatever
3: this this one I think I've had at Hopcat if I'm not mistaken. Um mm.
0: and it a snifter of it, mini snifter
3: it. I, I
1: think. wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, they yeah. they always have their stuff on hand, I feel like. They bring you
0: out a thimble and they're like, "Sorry, this is how we serve it." You're <laughs> like, oh, "All right." <laughs>
3: Uh, great when you're driving home. Not so great if you
0: already got an Uber. So
3: what's
1: with the Jesus and the names of all these? Things? That's a good question. <laughs> totally, like, evil twin
0: likes to do like, that. You got the Michigan Maple Jesus. But
2: Duclos got the same thing. Then so well, it's uh, theirs is so you can when you drink it, you're supposed to be shouting sweet baby, sweet baby Jesus.
1: That does not make you shout that. No, no, that one always made me sad because it's supposed to be supposed to have peanut butter in it, and you can I cannot taste the peanut yeah. butter at all. It's not much. Yeah. Compared to, to, like, the Listerman's compare. nut so like compared like, nutcase? Compared to nutcase? Yeah. like, okay, never mind.
3: <laughs> so if you're going to go with a beer that is uh, aged with your your fruits, you need to have flavor that kind of matches the aroma. The distinct flavor and character associated with a particular fruit should be noticeable and in a range in intensity from subtle to aggressive. Yeah, kind of, like, everywhere there, depending on what you want to do with the beer. Uh, the balance of fruit with the underlying beer is vital, though. So there are some fruits and uh, beers that you don't necessarily want to pair together or probably wouldn't work out well together. Um, you know, I'm having a hard time thinking of any right now, but uh, you may want to, to check and see stout. on... Banana would probably be a, a good one that would not go well with a lot of beers out there. Yeah. That's um, one that I always
2: think of as being a really tricky...
3: Yeah, Tricky
1: You mean fruit. I have a bison? <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> yeah, green apple lager uh, would probably Ugh. not not go well because. Uh, on, let's
2: not commit. Let's all try to come up with a like a weird fruit. Now,
1: it, it, I've looked at, ahead on some of the commercial examples of fruit beers. Clamato,
3: <laughs> that, tomato. Tomato is a fruit, fruit for sure.
1: But yeah, no.
3: No. Nope. Well, nope. clam is not a fruit, and that's <laughs> what makes that one bad. Well, okay. So uh, as you're thinking about what would not go well together, um, you want to go ahead and, and make sure that the fruit characters shouldn't be artificial or inappropriately overpowering as to suggest like a fruit juice drink. Mm. Um, it's not a beer juicy juice. It's, it's a beer that has some ju- uh, fruit flavors.
2: Also, now I'm thinking of a kiwi lager. Ah, yeah. yeah. Like that's not even bad. I was just like, oh, yeah, wait. Why isn't I'm that a that thing? thing.
1: I want, right? It could right be now.
2: Interesting.
0: <laughs> That sounds disgusting to me. Passion fruit.
1: Kiwi's amazing. That That could be tricky.
3: (laughs) So, Bob, I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry, what? Hop bitterness flavor, Mm -hmm. malt flavor, alcohol content, and fermentation byproducts such as esters or diacetyl (laughs) should be appropriate to the base beer and be harmonious and balanced to the distinctive fruit flavors present. He's gone. He's no longer with us. (laughs) Note that these components, especially hops, may be intentionally subdued to allow fruit character to come through in the final presentation. So if I were to go out there and make an IPA. And Sorry, I want <laughs> He's back. He's back. If I were to go out and try to make an IPA um, and I wanted the fruit flavor of an IPA to come through, I may intentionally back off on the hops in order to bring forward that fruit flavor. So if I'm mm. making a pineapple IPA with some pineapple flavored hops i may back off on the hop bitterness to let the pineapple flavor come through a little better which
1: is much of much of the new england ipas these days (laughs) exactly
3: um so you want it to add flavor but not sweetness fruit should ferment out fructose and and fruit sugars should ferment out completely so it's not something that you want to be sweet in there the sugar found in fruit is usually fully fermented and contributes to a lighter flavor and a drier finish actually in the beer um, however, the residual sweetness is not necessarily a negative characteristic unless it's raw, unfermented quality. So something along the lines of you just taste really syrupy uh, in there, not not the now, real thickening sugars that you get
2: sometimes. Sorry, now I'm thinking of a, of a Gordon Ramsay brewer going, "It's raw, <laughs> it's raw."
3: <clears throat> don't put scallops in your beer, folks. <laughs> so your <laughs> no, mouth Don't do that. <laughs> your mouthfeel may vary depending on the base beer. That's that's what you're going to see with most of your fruit beer judging is you want to look at the base beer category and these fruit guidelines in order to kind of make them meld together. It's like, it's
2: like competing in two different yeah, groups.
3: Really you are. You're, you're taking, so it's one of the hardest, these and uh barrel aged, anything mm. that's kind of modified at the end is one of the harder brews yeah. to judge because you've got to know what the base style was originally. And then from the base style, you take those judging components and in the fruit side or the um, the barrel age side on top of that, and, and so you, there, it's kind of a building process to how, how you judge these. Um, so, like I said, fruit beers, you usually add fruit to them, of course, which could thin out the mouthfeel. And so if a beer is supposed to have a medium or full mouthfeel, but whenever you add fruit to it, it makes it a little bit lighter, that's okay because the base beer um and you've got to modify it with that fruit side and fruit's going to change that up a little bit Um, so overall impressions you're looking for a harmonious harmonious marriage of fruit and beer Horror harmonious harmonious your key attributes of the underlying style will be different with the addition of fruit so don't expect the base beer to taste the same as the unadulterated versions judge the beer based on the pleasantness and the balance of the resulting combination it's really a crapshoot whenever you're submitted a, a fruit beer to judge. So um, it's kind of a, one of those things that you just hope you get a judge that really likes the flavor of these fruits and, and these beer styles together.
2: Hope this guy likes strawberries. Yeah.
3: <laughs> for me, I w- I'm not a big fan. I love blueberries, but I'm not a big fan of blueberry beers. Really? So, yeah. And so if I got a blueberry beer, it would be really difficult for me to judge that.
2: What about a strawberry wine? Thank you. <laughs> so you're
3: going to find classic examples out there, like uh, New Glarus, who who has a tendency to do a lot of fruit beers. Um, they're Belgian Red and Raspberry Tart, Bell's Cherry Stout, Dogfish Heads, ApriHop, which is really one of my favorite Aperhop. blends out there. It, it really showcases the base beer while adding in a little bit of, uh, uh, I think it's apricot in that beer. I am in
1: no I way surprised hope. that they have... Dogfish Head's known for like their they they do fruit very well.
2: Yeah, yeah, they do fruit for sure. They do fruit well.
1: (laughs)
3: Um, Also, you're looking at some elderberries. I like that side of it. Abita's Purple Haze, which is pretty easy to get. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Melbourne Apricot beer and Strawberry beer. I haven't seen those yet. Magic Hat Number Nine. Um, It's using apricot in that beer i believe apricot and peach as a fruit beer you're going to find
1: apricots like hot (laughs) yes uh, yeah
3: you're going to find that apricot and peach taste almost identical oh yeah whenever you're if if you were to so if you're wanting to use artificial or natural flavors to make a fruit beer um and you can't find the right flavor of peach but you want to make a peach beer try apricot because you tell somebody it's peach and they'll think oh yeah that's exactly what peach tastes like
1: yeah i'm i'm I think it has a slight difference cuz I'm a, I'm more of a fan of apricot than I I I'm not a fan of peach. Think sure. <laughs> like as a flavor, so. You
3: may be able to pick it up. And each even if you say this is a peach flavoring, each peach flavoring is going to be just a little bit different. So yeah. some peach flavorings have more flavor and some have more aroma. Some taste fresh and t- some taste cooked.
1: Well that yeah, and that that being said the the abita that we did for the video episode mm, yeah. um that peach was actually really really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I guess scratch that on that. But, I mean, some people can do it well, and some people just not so much. Yeah, I think
3: with fruit beers especially, I think you should drink them chilled. Oh, like yeah. Pretty cold. Um, that's just my opinion on them. Do it how you like. You do you. But <laughs> with all your heart. I like my uh, fruit beers a little bit colder than what I would normally like the base beer style.
2: No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So We did have a, uh, we had a list yeah. from... Uh, from Beer Advocate about the their top 10 rated fruit beers. Well, fruit vegetable beers. Well, it goes beyond. The top, top, yeah. well, there's more than that. Do you want to do 10, the first 10? Okay. 10 is where I want to kind of That's kind of fair. go.
0: Well, 1 through 4 is just straight beers from New Glarus.
2: <laughs> I was going to work my way up to that, but <laughs> Oh, well. Cuz I was going to start with the beer 10. that I've had on the show
1: <laughs> because Brian from Denver.
2: Yeah, uh We love you Brian from Denver. They're <laughs> Capolo not gonna work here no more.
1: Um, <laughs> L- Liko Kapolo? Likio Cap. I don't know. I'm saying it wrong too. Uh, L-
2: I do. Lico- it's Hawaiian. Lico-polo. Yeah. I do actually have another. Uh, I have more of that in my refrigerator right now back home. I oh, loved it, but I love
1: pineapples. Lilikoi. So.
2: Lili-koi. Lilikoi. It's okay. passion fruit. Is yeah. The, it's the Hawaiian name for but passion.
1: But it tastes fruit. like straight pineapple juice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it does. I mean, but I've, it's I've, delicious. Got another,
2: I've got another can of it. I'm going to give it a second shot. Did my first one on the show, but and if I, you
1: don't like pineapples, then
2: yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it another go. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, maybe I was just in a weird mood that day. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's also uh frambois from Celen Grove Brewing Company. Uh,
3: frambois. Anytime you see it, it's going to be raspberry, I believe. Is yeah. From there. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, Thumbprint Apple Ale. I wonder what they did.
1: And that is a brewery from Pennsylvania.
2: Hmm. I've never heard Uh, of them. Thumbprint Apple Ale from uh, New Glarus Brewing. You're going to see their name a lot on the list. Yeah. Uh, Apparently they're about some fruit beers. Apparently. Uh, Newberg. Newberg? Newberg? Newberg, yeah. From New York. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Cafe Sour, or C-A-F-E Sour Mm. uh, from Newberg Brewing. Uh, Phoenix Creek from Selling Grove. Uh, Founders Blushing Monk.
1: I've
0: never seen that. No,
1: it's. Uh, monk? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it's uh,
0: rotating, so you're only going to oh. find it in Bombers every now and then. I'm sure you could find it more readily available at Founders. Mm-hmm. They probably have it on tap a lot
2: and then but uh, it's, oh so
0: it's an imperial rubeus which sounds oh, just fine Jesus. Four, four times the four times the
3: amount of raspberry and rubeus oh
1: that's not for me anyway yeah.
2: Never mind. <laughs> uh I was gonna say then next up is another from New Glarus uh strawberry rhubarb which mm. I would be about I would try some of that so yeah, and then
1: I had to look up this brewery at the very they're, least they're it from Wisconsin. Like rhubarb yeah. pot. yeah
3: that's where the fruit comes from,
2: right? <laughs> Apparently. It's, it's a very warm climate there to grow fruit. Oh, yes.
3: Probably some of those... those. Uh, well, I, I noticed they use a lot of cherries, a lot of raspberries, a lot yeah. of... Uh, well, speaking of raspberries, number
2: three on the list <laughs> is the Raspberry Tart from New Glarus. Jesus. Uh, number two is the Wisconsin Belgian Red. Uh, and number one is Serendipity from New Glarus. <laughs> uh
3: has to be said, serendipity, kind of an odd combo there. Apples, cranberries, and cherries.
1: That sounds good. It's so
2: like a... Uh, the, well, the Belgian red is just like so a cherries. a kind of salad. I was going to say, it's it's, it's cranberries, so it and... just makes me think of anything you would find from like ocean spray or something. <laughs> whatever, throw cranberries in it. I'm pretty sure I've seen Bloody Berry mix from them with cranberries in it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> so, <take that. laughs>
1: I
0: like... It hit really close. Uh, they didn't quite make the top ten. But ones to throw in there are the Bumbleberry Honey Blueberry Ale from Fatheads yes. mm. hitting at sixteen because I love that one.
1: Uh I want to try, personally, the um it hit at number twelve on this list oh, from yes. Funky Buddha, sweet potato casserole beer.
2: That's a that's a Thanksgiving beer if I've ever heard one of That I'm sounds fantastic. 7.9%. That like, yeah, that's and and veggie.
0: Then, and then sandwiched between the two of them, uh new this year from founders, Fruitwood. Which was really sweet. I mean, I
1: I didn't like it at all, but that's all kind of nice. overly sweet. But it was still pretty good. It tasted too medicinal to me. All
2: right, I think that I think that about does it for for our little trip down down fruit beer lane what? down fruity lane.
1: Oh, Bourbon wait. carrot cake. Sorry,
2: <laughs> number twenty three in the list. Bourbon carrot cake. Apparently, Brittany's not done. Shorts Brewing Company.
1: I really want dessert. Is what it comes down to. Uh oh, Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. <laughs> Everything's in Michigan. Oh. Sorry, bourbon carrot cake, I lost it, sorry. <laughs> like, and we're back.
3: <laughs> so we don't necessarily have a what we're drinking because we've been talking what we've yeah. been drinking all well, well what the is if we
2: were doing tastings like this, I would not remember how any of them tasted by the end of this episode.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, we had to step Extreme in. Of like, what's the general thoughts on, prairie on Bomb
2: makes some a prairie artisan ales makes some good beer.
1: How would how would we rate the four that we had? Uh, mm. like in order. In it's order? Diff- yeah.
3: it's That's difficult. So for me, it would go Birthday Bomb. Um, probably the Collaboration next. Then it would go with the Pecan. Mm. And then finally,
0: last, it would be the uh, Prairie Noir. <sighs> yeah. I'd swap those slightly. I would say Birthday, definitely the standout. Then I would say Pecan. Uh... Bible Belt, then the Noir. The Noir just really didn't pack what I was hoping it was going to pack. Mine
1: is exactly uh, that order. I,
2: I don't know. I, because I the, the I first one was for, way too sweet. I love my children all for different reasons.
3: <laughs> I think the collaboration had good balance. Birthday Bomb was, was, was just good. really tasty. Oh, I love the Birthday Pecan bomb. didn't wow me, but it didn't... But it was not... It, was, it wasn't offensive either.
1: It was also a good mm. dessert. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: I don't know. But I, that the noir, noir was that was my least
2: favorite by far. Yeah, and the more you talk, the more my brain goes. No, you're gonna make make different decisions because they they've made one. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't choose. Like I like all of them. Uh, well, that's good too. But that's, I mean, that's fine. Because I, I I don't think I'm able to rank them. At least,
1: what did you like the most though? At least, if you had to pick. Uh,
3: all right, Sophie.
1: Yeah, no. Nice. Right, like.
2: Uh, which one gets given? Which one of these beers gets given to the Nazis when I'm done, Brittany?
1: The noir, <laughs> in my opinion, I don't know. Really <laughs> <'cause> they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: no, because I actually like the noir. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: That's. I mean, that's. I, I don't like the stuff that's too sweet. That's why I can't. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: but the birthday bomb was real good.
1: Dude, the birthday bomb is like. But I don't
2: know. <laughs> honestly, that collaboration. That was I. Yeah. I. Uh, the Bible Belt. Yeah. Yeah, the Bible Belt brought something out different and it might just be that i was just a different flavor on it so i don't know if i liked it more than the birthday bomb or not and Mm -hmm. so uh and the, the the pecan i loved the aroma and the flavor was not maybe as the the
1: um the flavor of the pecan i don't think matched the aroma but at the same time it was still it was it was good it was still a little sweet for me
2: like yeah part of me though really liked the sweetness of the first one but it might have just been that i was We've just come back from dinner, and it was finally processing, and it was kind of like a good dessert Yeah,
3: dessert-ish. yeah you're, you're right. Mexican food with that sweet beer right yeah, after. We went,
1: we went to Chewy's for dinner, so... <laughs>
0: oh, man. At least our palates were nice and primed
3: for the... Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: For Imperial Stouts, at least.
1: <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised by the Bible Belt, but knowing that they also have variants on the Bible Belt, um, mm-hmm. I don't think I could have the barrel-aged Bible Belt, because I would be very scared to be too boozy. No.
0: No, I want. I, I we want have the, a bottle of it. I did not put it in this because it was going to be a bit much to be adding some barrel aging, some more barrel aged stuff on right. top of these. So and our, I already have it on good authority. That is one of the best beers of the year.
1: I mean, I'll try it. I'm just saying. I, I, sometimes some of those risk. Um, I some some of them get that the boozy taste overpowers every other note that should be in it. And it's a little unfortunate, and then it's so boozy that it turns out to be sweet, and that's literally the only taste you get from it, mm-hmm. and that scares me a little bit. Now, granted, Prairie's been pretty good about that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. so I don't think it would be an issue with them, but at the same time, it worries me, I guess. Hmm. All right.
3: Well, there we have it. It's official, unofficial. <laughs> so, are we good? Any hey. announcements? Oh, well, we already did them. Yeah, just right. the
1: nurtacular thing, really. I mean,
0: Nerdtacular, and check out our next video episode, which we have no idea what we're going to be drinking because we'll be buying the next month's worth tomorrow. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So you can subscribe. Um, in order to get that video episode, I suggest you go to our website, haveadrinkshow.com. You can follow us at Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please rate the show on iTunes, Click subscribe on YouTube, and then that way you can get our show every other week.
2: Make sure, spread the word, wear a sandwich sign out in, out in the side. The end is, end is nigh, have a drink. <laughs> uh, that helps spread the word, too. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you can also use the feedback page on the website. We do love hearing from 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 everybody, so please, you got anything to say, let us know.
0: Yes, and all joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Very important.
1: All right, so uh, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next audio episode, and then once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
0: I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker, and I'm Casey Price. See you next time.
1: Bye, guys. Bye.